It takes courage to be a leader, but it's easier if you understand and use six key leadership components. What are they and how do they work? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. There's a lot that we all need to deal with in terms of finding our goals and building leadership teams and working on and mastering. But we don't often take the time, as busy as we are, to kind of pull those apart and look at what those elements are and how we can improve upon them. And so we've asked Bill Stratton, founder of the Entrepreneurial Leadership Associates, to come and chat with us today and give us some insight into what those things are and how we can all do better at them on a day-to-day basis. With that, welcome, Bill. Thank you, David. Pleasure to have you here. So let's just dive right in. I know that there are a couple of things that are overlays to a lot of what you guys work on and what you talk about. And one is growth mindset. The other is how you feel about status quo. And then the third one is interesting. It's about being vulnerable. Let's take them one at a time and talk about that growth mindset. What do you mean when you say growth mindset? We talk about growth mindset. It's leaders and their teams who want to grow. And it's not just growing the business, but want to learn and are constantly in a learning phase to develop themselves as leaders and individuals. And status quo, is status quo a good thing, bad thing, a combination of both? The type of clients I work with don't like the status quo. They're more comfortable with change because they recognize that change is just an inevitable part of business and business growth. Okay, so status quo is not their friend. No. Okay, and then... When you talk about the need to be vulnerable with themselves and with others, what does that mean? I mean, I don't think a lot of us stop, sit around thinking about, okay, am I being vulnerable or am I not being vulnerable? If you want to be a really good leader and you want to develop really strong team health, you have to be willing to be vulnerable with yourself and your team. It means, you know, admitting if you don't know everything. And a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders don't want to look like they don't know everything, but if you want to truly develop a healthy team, you have to admit when you're making mistakes. You have to admit, hey, John, can you help me out here? I just don't know how to do this. That's what it means. And you say you got to admit them to yourselves and to others. So does, does self come first? Do, do, do you all of a sudden say, you know what? I need help. I've got to, I've got to actually go ask somebody to weigh in on this. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. So I know that You work through six key components when you do the work that you do. Uh, Let's take them one at a time, and you can give me kind of in-depth descriptions of them. The first is vision. What does that mean? So when we talk about vision, and this is based on the book Traction by Gino Wickman and the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS. So vision is very simply, where are you going as a team, and how are you going to get there? A lot of leadership teams 
if you interviewed them individually, they all have a vision, but they're not all the same. And so it's really important for the team to get on the same page on where you're going and how you're going to get there. How do you do that? What's an effective way to make that happen? Because I've been on lots of teams and we all think that we share the same vision and yet we'll come out of a meeting if there's six of us and we have six completely different visions. So we have a tool called a Vision Traction Organizer. And we actually do two full-day sessions working and answering eight questions. And the eight questions are this. What are your core values? What's your core focus? What's your 10-year target? And what's your marketing strategy? And once they've answered those first four, which is basically who you really are, what you're really good at, where you're going, and who your target customers are, you start bringing it to ground. So the next four questions are, What's your three-year picture? What's the business going to look like in three years? What's your one-year plan? What are your rocks or key goals, priorities for the next 90 days? So now we're really bringing it down to earth. And what are key issues? And it's all written down. And from that, if everybody agrees on that, then, then people come out of a room all kind of thinking along the same lines because you've broken it into components that are more tactile, more, more um, easily understood. Yes. And then you share that with the rest of the organization as a leadership team so people can be real clear on where you're going. And you've got to share that more than once because it takes people up to seven times to hear something for the first time. So it's a repeated message over and over and over again. What we want to do is we want everyone in the organization to take that vision and it's shared by all, not shared with all. Shared by all means they've heard it enough and they've all bought into it and they believe in it. Well, and buy-in is, as you know, buy-in is critically important, which kind of brings us to our, our number two thing, which is people. And I, I was surprised when we did our pre-interview, you said 82% of issues that you find are related to people. That's correct. So talk about the, the people person, the, the people piece in terms of being a key component. So people is about having the right people in the right seats. This is, comes from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. And there are a lot of things that people talk about people like A players or, you know, star team, you know, that. But what we do when we work with our clients is we really work with them to get the right people in the right seats for their business. Right people are people who share the core values of the business. People whose behaviors are consistent with the core values. They fit the culture like a glove. Right seats are people that are capable of doing everything that's required in their position in the organization. So you, ha- you need to have right people, right seats. You have to have both. All right. So you start by agreeing on, on what the vision is, and then you make sure that you have the right people. And then the third item on, on your list is data. And we talk a lot about data in in the employee benefits arena, but I'm not sure that we mean it the same way you do. How does it fit into being a successful team? So data is about making decisions based on facts and figures as opposed to guts and emotion. Now, guts are important, but you also need to have data. So when you're making decisions, you have enough information to make it well. And the tool we use with our clients are what we call a weekly scorecard, which are five to 15 leading indicators that show the pulse of the business. The other part of the data component is that when we implement EOS throughout the entire organization, roll it out, eventually everyone in the business has at least one measurable, one number they own. So that's their role in helping the business achieve its vision. 
You've alluded to EOS a couple of times. Would you explain for our audience what that is in, in a little bit more detail? Absolutely. So the entrepreneurial operating system was developed by Gino Wickman about 18 years ago. Gino is an entrepreneur from Detroit, Michigan, and he's actually developed, he's, he led the EOS worldwide. And let me tell you what it is. It's what we do is it's a complete system with simple tools that help entrepreneurs and their leadership team get three things we call vision, traction, and health. Vision in that everyone, starting with a leadership team, knows where you're going and how you're going to get there. Traction in that they're they're working with 100% discipline and accountability in every single part of the vision. And healthy in that they're working as a healthy and cohesive team. Because in some organizations, you have strong leaders. They don't all play well together. And so as I work with leadership teams, we get to the point where the entire organization is crystal clear on the vision, all doing it with much more discipline and accountability, and they're all working together as a healthy team. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now back to our discussion. Kind of a side question, but how exactly do you go about getting a bunch of strong leaders, a bunch of type A's or alphas to work together collaboratively rather than each trying to be the, the top dog? It starts with making sure that they have a shared vision, which is the vision component I just talked about. And it also starts with them really wanting to be vulnerable with each other, which I talked about, and being open and honest. And then working them working for the greater good of the business as opposed to maybe for their own individual needs. Does that come out of those eight questions that you all work on when you're trying to goal set? Yes, it does. Okay. That's interesting. So, and I guess it also goes back to being vulnerable and being willing to say, you know, I don't need to be the top dog here. I need to be one of the dogs. That's correct. And it's one of the things we emphasize when I, when I start working with the team, if they all have their own departments, I always ask them, what's the most important team they work on? Where is their first priority? It has to be the leadership team, not their department. And for some people, that's not easy, but that's where it needs to be. Well, because I think they, they feel, don't they, protective of their department or they, they kind of create their silo and then they have to defend it. Yes, but that's not always for the greater good of the business. How do you change that behavior? Because I, I see it a lot and, you know, throughout my, I've been at this 40 years and I've seen it a number of times. You have to work with them. And if, if they're not working for the greater good of the business, maybe they're not the right person to be on the leadership team. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's go back to the list of the six components. Okay. The next one is issues. So, when a business and their and the leadership team running the business gets really strong vision and people and data, 
the obstacles, the warts, the problems become very, very visible to everybody. It becomes a very transparent organization. And so the fourth key component, which we call the issue component, is basically having a culture where everyone's comfortable saying, hey, boss, we have an issue. It's got to go on the issues list, and then teeing it up and using a process we call the issue solving process or IDS and taking that issue, getting to the root cause, coming up with a solution and solving it forever. Because if you don't solve your issues, you're never going to achieve your vision. So what does that IDS process look like? So it's three things. IDS means identify. So often when you have an issue on the issues list, what's written down is a symptom. So you've got to dig, dig, dig to get to the real root cause. What's the real issue here? So I spend a lot of time getting the teams to really go to identify the natural inclination for many leadership teams, really, really good leadership teams, is they get in a room together, an issue comes up, and they go right to discuss. And they'll discuss and discuss and discuss and discuss and discuss. They'll spend an hour discussing. And then, you know, they'll walk away and leave. But they never get to identify the real root cause, and they never come up with a plan to solve. And what happens is the same issue comes up six months later, and they're right back at it again. So we focus on identify discuss. And discuss means, you know, bringing up all possible solutions. And you only bring a solution up once because if you bring up more than once, you're politicking. Again, this gets back to working together as a team. And then take action. Do solve. Do something to solve the issue. I mean, that seems so logical. And and I, I know human beings are illogical creatures, but why do organizations let these problems fester, for lack of a better word, instead of actually identifying them and then solving them. Because we've all been, you can, I think there's two kinds of people in the world. There are people in business. There are people who have been in those endless meetings where nothing gets solved and everybody yaks for an hour and there are people who lie about it. So how do you get past that? It's about teaching them how to use the tool IDS and really identify. And it takes courage. You have to, and this, we, this gets back to being, you know, a vulnerable, you know, open and honest and vulnerable with each other about being an open and honest and just saying what the real issue is. It takes courage. Interesting. So the fifth item is process. So process is about your key processes you have in the organization. It's about doing them the same way, the best way all the time. That provides consistency and the ability to scale. Very similar to a franchise model, you know, where, you know, if you you like to say open a McDonald's, you get the McDonald's, you know, way to do business. That's what we're talking about. High-level process. And we we don't talk about writing a 500-page standing operating procedure manual because no one's ever going to look at it, especially in in a small entrepreneurial business. But it's capturing 80%, uh, 20% of the steps to get you 80% of the results. And that's what we do. And that's what we teach our teams. They develop a handful of core processes for the business and it does allow them to obtain better consistency and allows them to scale. Do you find that as a side process as a side result rather of of going through that process that it actually unlocks the potential of these of leaders and helps them excel and helps them grow absolutely because if you've got the basics covered with a a basic process they can spend their energy on the exceptions interesting interesting and the the last item in the list is traction you you touched on traction earlier but not in this context i don't think so how does traction fit in traction is about execution 
And if you look at the model, traction is at the base of the model, right, right underneath vision, which is at the top. So traction is by taking your vision and executing on it. We say to our clients and our prospective clients all the time, vision without traction is hallucination. Well, that, that's true. And there's a lot of hallucinating that goes on in organizations. And sometimes it's just self-soothing behavior, but then they sit back and they wonder why they're not meeting their targets or why they're not growing the way they think is possible in, in the marketplace. And they're, they're really in their own way, aren't they? Correct. Now that we're off, off the list of the six key components and we understand those, what is LMA? Because I think that that's probably one of the things that you and I talked about in our pre-interview that was the most fascinating and, and maybe the most important. So it's it's one of the tools that I love to teach leadership teams. L M A is leadership plus management equals accountability. And leadership and management are two different skill sets. So leadership is about working on the business, providing clear direction, creating an opening, and thinking. Well, management is about working in the business, setting clear expectations having two-way clear communications with your direct reports and doing or executing. So then you get accountability, but a lot of times folks are afraid of accountability. Why is that? Well, if, if the people are afraid of accountability, maybe they shouldn't be on the team. The people who love EOS are people who love being held accountable. People who love being measured, because when you're measured and you're, you have very clear goals and you're hitting them, you feel like you're accomplishing a lot and you're contributing to a really neat team. Interesting. So, you know, we got a few minutes left. I'm curious, as, as folks come to you, what are the most commonly verbalized problems that they're looking to solve? They're not growing. They're putting in 80 hours a week and they want to have a life. Yeah, they've tried every single flavor of the month of trying to get their business to the next level. And we're not a flavor of the month. This is a way of doing business. They're frustrated with people. You know, their, their employees aren't listening to them. Their vendors aren't listening to them. Their customers aren't listening to them. Um, those, are the, those are the main things that people who come to me, they're, the business owners and their teams are looking to solve. Or their business yep. hasn't grown. They're not making the money they thought they should be making. The profits aren't there. A couple of times now in our conversation, you've mentioned that maybe somebody shouldn't be on the team. Do you have some advice about how to make sure that when you're selecting team members that you're you're getting the right people? And perhaps more importantly, when you've selected somebody and you all of a sudden 90 or 120 days in realize they're not the right person on the team, how do you go about solving both of those problems? So first you want to hire slow and fire fast. Take your time when filling the position, especially a key position in the organization. Don't just rush to fill a seat to fill a seat because that's a big mistake. Take the time to do it right. I've done it myself in previous jobs where I've led companies and uh, I took the time to hire good people and it really made my life a lot easier. And when we look at people, the right people in the organization, again, this gets to the people component. You want to look at two things. Is their behavior consistent with your handful of core values of the business and you ask them questions to demonstrate that it is and you actually share your core values before you actually offer them a job because you're going to say hey if you work for abc company you know this is what things we do and if you're not comfortable with that doing that it's better to not take the job now because you're not going to work out here so really it's part of the hiring process is make sure it's basically the core values is 
the hiring, it should be in the hiring process, the coaching process, and, and your, your performance review process. And then making sure that we call it GWC the C, which means, you know, for the role they're going in, do they get it? The get it part is it's there, they have, it's in their DNA. They just have the innate talent for it. You have to make sure they want it. That's the W. And the third is, Make sure they have the capacity to do the to do the job, their training, their experience, things like that. They have to have three S's on whether or not they GWC the seat. That's how you make sure that when you're hiring somebody, the likelihood of them being successful is high. And that's a great place to end our conversation today. Bill Stratton, founder of the Entrepreneurial Leadership Associates. Bill, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our audience. Thanks, David. It's been a pleasure. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.